0: Well, hello there, top teachers. We are your hosts, Bridget Spackman. And Michelle Emerson. And we are here to make your life easier by helping you master your time, organization, and productivity as a teacher.
1: This time of the year is always filled with dreaded testing. (laughs) Whether it's standardized testing or end-of-the-year assessments, your students are drained, and honestly, so are you. We're going to share some coping strategies that you can use to handle the stress, overwhelm, change
0: of routine, and just plain boredom teachers all experience during testing. But first, let's hear a time-sucking hurdle from Kelly. Kelly says, hello, ladies. That kind of makes me feel like office ladies, Yeah, and I'm honored. (laughs) Kelly says, my TSA Sh happens occasionally. It happens at the end of the day when I'm completely drained after teaching my little kinders. Sometimes after Mm. meetings and after school, my brain is mush. Powerless definitely helps. I often feel tapped out mentally and physically. My brain is in a fog. Sometimes I end up just heading home, but often I try to push through, but end up struggling. Help this tapped out teacher focus and not feel so drained."
1: Yeah, Kelly, I completely understand where you're coming from. You've spent so much of your day trying to make decisions and take care of your kinders that anything that requires a decision is just not going to happen at that point. We've definitely all been there. And I want you to think about this question. Can you look for ways to be proactive so that in the afternoons you can just give your brain a rest? Here's what I would suggest. Do a long, like a time log of all the things that you're doing in a day for an entire week. I know that sounds crazy to do it for an entire week, but I promise you it is really beneficial. What are some of those tasks that you can try and complete like during different times or even possibly batch plan them so that you can feel more in control and less stressed? Doing this time audit might show you how you can become proactive and allow you to free up your time.
0: Yep. Can I just send mine there? No. (laughs) Uh, But Kelly, I completely agree with Bridget. What you are feeling is valid and happens so often, especially for teachers. I think being proactive as much as possible is great advice. It's all about making things easy for ourselves when we feel this fatigue and we know that it's going to set in. It's just like how we put on sunscreen before we go out to the beach because we know the sun is going to be out and we will get sunburned if we don't. So Bridget's suggestion of using a time log is fantastic because it can be a big time opener for how you're actually spending your time. Um, Did I say time opener or did I say eye opener? Because as I like said time, I I was like, I think so too. And I was like, wait, (laughs) that sounds wrong. Eye opener for how you're spending your time. But I'm also going to suggest incorporating some things that can really jazz you up at the end of the day. You know what I mean? So whether it's listening to your favorite podcast episode, eating your favorite snack. Yes. I mean, I thought that went without saying. (laughs) Sorry. No, I love it. Uh, Eating your favorite snack, maybe having like another burst of caffeine, whether it's a coffee or an energy drink. These can help bring some life back into you after an exhausting day. I also like to play little mental games with myself. If I know I really just want to go home, I will set a time, say four o'clock, and I will try to get as much done as possible before that time. It's kind of like when you rush to get things done before the microwave ends and it's like one minute and you're like, I'm going to clean the whole kitchen. Maybe (laughs) it's just me, but it's crazy how much you can get done in a short amount of time if you really put the pressure on cue under pressure
1: yes I think that that's a great idea and I know for me for sure like I have to have either that protein shake in the afternoon always helps me a little bit and then the coffee that I have Um, but I'm trying to stay away from the coffee so now it's just like turned into the protein shake but that is beneficial it really does help
0: yeah it's like that's something to look forward to it is it
1: really is so Michelle I have a question for you when you hear end of the year testing
0: what comes to your mind Mm, I just got a beautiful vision. Vomit. Um, No. Oh my God. (laughs) Sorry. Yes. No. When I did my student teaching in fifth grade, this was not planned, but we had a student throw up in the middle of testing and we had to do the whole like pause, keep track of the time. And it was (laughs) awful. Uh, But what I think about is me walking around the room aimlessly while my students are testing. Mm, Yeah. In Maryland, we did park testing, which then became MCAP, which was like Maryland Comprehensive Assessment Program or whatever. And we could not look at their screen. I know. I know. So weird. So we'd walk around the room. I would do lunges down the aisles because (laughs) what else am I going to do and my school would actually set up a like step competition between the teachers cool yeah we couldn't have our smart watches but they would give us little like pedometers to put on and Mm. we would have competition and it was wonderful because y'all know I'm competitive yeah um and then when my students would finish like we would end up just watching like movies and I would have little snacks for them so that's what comes to mind for me but what about you
1: yeah, lots of walking. Um definitely. I know that I always have to have some form of like comfy shoes mm-hmm. <laughs> during that time because I feel like my feet are just killing me at that point. Yep. Um I typically reserve this time to think about organization and just what am I going to do? And how am I going to change things? Um, and typically after testing, I will start doing that. <laughs> so yeah. like, it is like, okay, we're going to clean out a closet time. And then I recruit some of my students because they need a, a brain break. Like yeah. I can't just throw them back into content immediately. And so organization just seems like the most logical thing for us to of do <laughs> after testing. Um, and then that's really about it. it. It's mainly a lot of just change what am I going to change what do I need to organize and clean out and I end up doing just that
0: yeah also Mm -hmm. I'm just going to apologize to all of our listeners in advance since recording our last batch of episodes I've gotten a dog and there is a small chance you might be able to hear her in the background whether it's her getting up and like walking around the room or whining because she wants my attention and she does not have it right now but uh, hopefully we have your attention, because in this episode, did you like that transition? I did I thought love that, that transition. That was really good. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I've been watching Whose Line Is It Anyway? And I just feel like Drew Carey moves them from scene to scene so well. Um, oh. Excuse me, Ember. We're, we're, no, we're not. No. Look at her. Oh, guys, she is
1: straight up on the chair. So she's She learned. is standing up. She- and she, oh, she's like grabbing her arm at this point. Her arm is on Michelle's arm. She's like, no,
0: boo, <laughs> listen to me. Thank you for narrating. Um, here's the thing: she's learned she's not allowed on like our couches or our bed. But if she hops onto our lap, she's not technically on the furniture, uh-huh. and she's learned that very quickly. Um, uh-huh. Anyway. We are going to be sharing five strategies that can help you deal with all of these changes in routines and stress and boredom, which we already mentioned from the aimless walking mm. that we experience as teachers during testing. There's a lot of focus on helping students through testing, which is valid, but I feel like teachers kind of get forgotten about, and this is a hard time for us too.
1: Yeah, it is, it is a huge struggle, and I'm not looking forward to it. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Oh shoot! I just realized I'm supposed to start us. Yeah, girl. <laughs> oh, just go right on Andrew Carey. <laughs> I don't think we uh, planned this out very well. That's okay. This episode is all over the place, and I'm just embracing it. So, number one, be proactive and organize. So let's talk about how testing affects this aspect of our lives. First of all, you now suddenly have more items to manage. So whether it's like the teacher testing books, student login information, you Mm -hmm. have the slides where you have to display things. Plus, testing typically happens like early in most cases, and you have to be prepared in advance for this time.
1: Yeah, so a lot of really good things that you need to do just to kind of make this better for yourself is to be proactive and get as get as much done in advance as possible. I like to play this kind of game with myself and think, "Okay, what are all of the things that could possibly go wrong?" <laughs> and yep. just kind of create a list. Am I the only one that does that or do you do that too? No, like, I do that too. I would think about like, "Okay, what would happen if I put all the materials in this one spot? What would occur?" Probably kids shoving and pushing it. <laughs> I just play like these mental like movies in my head to see like what could possibly go wrong. <laughs> and
0: you know what else I do? I will walk around to other teachers rooms once they're set up and I'm like, what am I missing? Ooh, yeah. <laughs> that's always a fun game to play. Yep. So here are a couple of other things that you may forget about during this time. And as I say this, once again, Ember is like trying to get in my lap. So if I sound distracted, that's why. Number one, greats. <laughs> I don't know about y'all and hopefully your like school or district adjusts for this, but we always were required to have the same number of grades in that like final marking period mm-hmm. when we were doing all the testing as we were the rest of the year, which never made sense to me because we're testing. So make sure you have enough assignments that you can either already have graded or be able to grade during that testing time. Like not while the students are testing, but like during your planning time. Hopefully that made sense. Yeah. That way you don't kind of get handcuffed where you're like, oh, we're testing this whole week, but I'm like two grades short. Mm -hmm. Another thing is covering like any posters you have in your room or anchor charts that are up. Personally, I would always just get like butcher paper. We had a cart with different colored butcher paper by the art room, and I would cover it all like the week before testing. Mm -hmm. But Bridget, what would you do? So I
1: actually like to keep my anchor charts as much as possible because I'm going to try to go back into learning once we're done with testing. So what I would do is I would take pictures of my anchor charts, and I actually would do this all year long. Take a picture of your anchor chart, and then you can make a color copy, just one color copy. If you have a color printer in your school, but then make multiple black and white copies, you can put them into a binder like Uh, sleeve protector and have the black and white copies behind the color one. And then you almost have like an anchor chart binder so that the kids can constantly flip through. And if you find that a student needs to have like a black and white copy, they can just take one of those out and they can take it to their desk and they can kind of keep it so that they can review it as they're completing different assignments. I love that. Yeah, it's it is one of my favorite tricks. Something else that you can do is print testing materials. So um, page numbers, question numbers in advance if possible. So I know for like the state of Pennsylvania, we have to have certain things like up on our board and it says, hey, you're going to be completing this number through this number today. Please make sure to go back and recheck. We have to have certain phrases and stuff up. Mm -hmm. So we have those printed in advance and ready to go. So most likely those will be done next week before like we get into testing. So by when we're recording this, it's like early April. Um, and then we test at the end of April, beginning of May. Um, another thing that I like to do is get materials ready. And the materials that I'm talking about are like mints man, my kids love some mints. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So mints, pencils, highlighter, paper, if you're the one that's responsible for doing paper, any sort of material calculators that you need to have ready to go, put them all together and have that
0: prepared in advance. Yeah, I always gave my students mints during testing time. Which mint did you do? The blue
1: or the green?
0: (laughs) Neither, the red. But I had... (laughs) I had different mints. So I had like the normal, just circle peppermints for like tests and quizzes throughout the year. But when like standardized testing came around, I had the puffy mints.
1: They were like little
0: pillows and they were delightful. See, so I'm talking about like the lifesaver version. Well, some, see. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I had those available for a while and very few of my students ever wanted them because they said it, it burned their mouths, which I understood because my pop-pop growing up, that's my grandfather. Yeah. He always carried the little circle lifesaver mints, just the white ones in his fanny pack. And he would always oh give gosh. them to me and I would always take them even though they burned my mouth. Mm. So I totally understood where You're my students were coming from. Child. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I didn't want to rock the boat. All right. Um, <laughs> Two more I want to add in there. As Bridget mentioned, getting all your materials ready, you also have to think about student desks. Mm -hmm. So two things you can do in advance. Number one, you can prepare a seating chart. My students always had to sit in like individual desks. They couldn't be in groups. Mm -hmm. Or if I kept my desks in groups, they had to kind of be spread out. So I would prepare a seating chart of exactly where my students would be, especially if you have to hand out any kind of test book or something with student names on it it helps to have them already in alphabetical order. That way you can just like go down the rows and hand them out. And then also you're gonna most likely have to move student desks and I would always recruit their help for that. So that would be like the Friday before we're gonna start testing, I'd have my students move the desks into whatever arrangement they needed to be in.
1: Yeah. Great advice. So on top of being proactive and getting all of these materials together, we also have to think about how we're going to organize all these brand new materials that we've collected. So you want to keep them as organized as possible so that you can access them when needed. So one really good tip to do this is to have a testing cart. I have a testing cart every single year. I just go down and I like sneak one because I get there like at the butt crack of dawn. So for me, it's like I'm just going to go find a cart, a little rolly cart. And this is nice because it keeps all of my testing materials in one place and it can be easily moved out of the way when it's not being used. Another great way to be able to organize materials is to utilize bins to organize pencils, highlighters, etc. And when I think about bins, I'm thinking about the little like cheapy ones that you can get from like the Dollar Tree. Those are fantastic. And so I would just have each of those kind of in their own little bin. And then I would have an extra bin for the pencils that needed to be sharpened after testing.
0: Now, if you're like me, you're probably thinking, but wait, I don't get my materials until like the morning of testing. Like they're very secure. That's always the boat that I was in. If that is the case, consider clearing your desk in advance so that way you can have everything laid out there and it's just like a fresh space to be able to put things. If you need some guidance on clearing out your desk, make sure you check out episode 88, which is titled Teacher Desk Organization 101. Bridget and I will walk you through the process for clearing out your desk. And that's just great to do this time of year. Yeah. Regardless. But another little hack that I always loved because Bridget mentioned like printing out in advance, like you're gonna do these questions and you're gonna stop here on this page and you have this much time. I never got that information in advance. So what I did is actually create a template through Google Slides, but you could also use PowerPoint or any other slide presentation software. And it had a little spot for me to display the page numbers, the question numbers, and a timer, which I would just insert like a video timer from YouTube, or you could just put the time remaining, whatever works for you. But what's great is once you create this template, you can just reuse it for every session, whether you type in the page numbers and question numbers, or you just project it on your board and then like use like a dry erase marker or like the smart board marker to be able to write them in.
1: Yeah. So the second strategy that we have for you is going to be to create consistency when possible. I don't know about you guys, but I thrive with routines and consistency. Like I literally do. I eat the exact same thing every single day when I'm at school. So if that doesn't tell you consistency works, then I don't know what else does. So how does, we have to kind of think about how like testing affects this aspect of our lives when we think of just consistency in general. Testing mainly just throws everything off. It is just horrible. The kids are off and it can be really easy for those behaviors
0: to start to rise. It's funny you mentioned like how much you love a routine and consistency yeah. because I was talking to my mom about this the other day and I forget what it specifically was, but I mentioned something about a routine and she was like, oh yeah, like you've loved that ever since you were a little mm-hmm. kid. I was like, oh, okay. I feel validated. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so during this time your days become all wonky and it just makes it challenging to know what you need to accomplish so here are a few things you can do to make it better first of all consistency is beneficial both for your students during this time because as bridget mentioned those behaviors are starting to arise but also for the teacher so tip number one is just to keep as much the same as you can. Mm-hmm. So think about the things you can control because I know during this time, there's a lot you can't in terms of the teacher like follow your same morning routine during this time when it's like, you know, maybe you have to get to school a little bit earlier. You may be tempted just to like throw your normal routine out the window, but what's going to happen if you do that is you're going to forget some of those little things that either you do to kind of get prepared in the morning, like packing your lunch. I The number yeah. of times I'd forget my lunch if I left, you know, the morning, like a different time. Or you may end up just not feeling as like grounded because that morning routine is meant to kind of get your brain going and make you feel ready to go for the day. So keep as much of that the same as possible. Same goes for your afternoon routine. If you leave school at the end of your contract hours, don't suddenly stay until 7 p.m. just because of testing going on. Like keep as much of that the same as possible even when you're exhausted. So, if you typically go to the gym and it's tempting to skip it, as much as you can, try to still go because you will feel that sense of like normalcy once you leave. Yeah. And I know that
1: this entire episode is about how to kind of help teachers during testing, but let's just be honest. Sometimes those student behaviors and things that students are doing can also really throw you off as a teacher. So Mm -hmm. try to keep in mind too, like how can you help create consistency for your kids so that you're helping yourself? Really, this is all about you. It's not about (laughs) the kids. (laughs) So for the students, you know, you want to make sure that their unpacking routine is the same, the morning activities, morning work if you can. I know for us, we have to jump right into testing, but if you have a little bit of time, try to find some routine and consistency there. Um, If you can do a morning meeting, any of those items that are just going to be the things that kind of students thrive with that routine piece, try to keep it normal. Something else that you can do is find uh, basic activities that you will do every day. And so when I think about basic activities with your kids, this is going to be like silent reading, computer programs. So like, I know that we have IXL, we do Reflex, we have Target the Question, Mountain Math. Those are the things that my kids are just used to doing every single day. And so that will help to incorporate some learning, but it isn't new instruction and it helps to create that consistency piece. You can plug these in where you have extra time and not feel so bad about, oh, I have to figure out a brand new lesson or create something totally new to be able to plug into this time frame. Don't do that to yourself. Pull what they are already doing and put it into the areas where you can
0: just kind of fill in for the day. Perfect. Well, along the same lines, tip number three is to create a new schedule because we know schedules are always jumbled up during testing in order to accommodate all of the testing windows and all of the grade levels. And even if your grade level is not testing, because sometimes it's like split up, your schedule may be different because of another grade level testing. I know for us, like our lunch time would shift or our planning time would shift and students may not be switching classes because when I taught fourth grade, we were departmentalized. Our students were supposed to switch for blocks, but a lot of times they weren't during testing.
1: Yeah. So as a Mac team right now, um, we just found out that Because of testing, lunches are going to be different. And so normally as a Mac team, we go all together to lunch. So it's like Mm. fourth, fifth and sixth grade. Girl, we just found out we're not going to be able to do that. So our fourth, fifth and sixth graders are going to be chopped up into different lunches. So like a fourth grader will go with all the fourth graders to lunch, the fifth will go to with all fifth graders. So that is going to ro- like royally mess up our day because I yeah. meet with both fourth I, I meet with fifth and sixth grade. And yeah. so now that is just causing this huge disruption with our schedule and it's causing us stress and it just makes it harder to be able to follow those routines, but I mean, it is what it is. We're going to make it work. Uh, Sorry, I sounded really like sarcastic and such a downer when I said that. Um, But here are some things. Let's try to make it a little bit better. So the first thing is, is as soon as you can, you get any sort of schedule changes. So like a master schedule. Start creating a personal schedule and figure out what is it that you can con- can control versus what you can't. So for us, we can't control our lunches, but we can control the time that we do have with our students, you know, in between those lunch periods. Um, I just want to throw this out there, but our digital planner has like a great daily planning page that is perfect for this type of a day. So there's a schedule section where you can plan out every hour of the day. And so it's really nice that when you have kind of this chopped up change in your schedule, you can really plan things out by 15, 20 minute increments just to make things flow a little bit more nicely for you.
0: And Bridget, I'm just going to throw out there that Anyone listening to this can grab our brand new 2022-2023 <gasps> digital yes. teacher planners for the school year. These are the digital planners that run from July to August, so they are perfect for teachers here in the US and that's when our, you know, school schedule is. Yeah. You can grab those over on teachingonthedouble.com/store. Such a good plug-in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we didn't have that on the notes, but all of a sudden I was like, "Wait, they're going to be able to get the planners at this time. Oh, so great. another thing you can do to help with these schedule changes is to mark any schedule changes on your calendar. Google Calendar is great for this because you can turn on notifications. So again, when things are super hectic and your schedule is all over the place, you may forget to like take your students to their specials or take them to lunch. Have those notifications turned on. If you need help with that, you can check out episode 59, which is titled Google Calendar, The What why and how for teachers.
1: And I mentioned earlier that you can also break your day down into small increments. This is like 15 to 20 minutes so that you can like communicate this with your students. What's nice about this is that if you think about the 15 to 20 minute increment frame, you can really focus in on the activities that only take about 15 to 20 minutes. And so you can kind of keep a little bit of movement happening with your students so that they're not getting bored and they're also, uh, their behaviors are not starting to go up
0: up. Yeah. And speaking of behaviors, it really helps if you can share these changes in advance with students. That way they know exactly what to expect. So post the schedule on your board for students, whether you have, you know, like cards on your board that you change out, or you're just going to display it on a slide, make sure they know what to expect. And if you can send the schedule changes in an email to parents. So I always sent a Friday email. I would let parents know what our schedule was going to be that week before, that way they could also kind of chat with their student or for them, it's their child (laughs) and let them know what to expect and what changes there will be. That way the student's hearing it from multiple people.
1: Yeah. So let's go into the fourth strategy. The fourth strategy is going to be to utilize downtime. Listen, as a teacher, (laughs) you're like monitoring students. I say that in quotes because I'm a sarcastic person, but that's not really sarcasm,
0: is it, Michelle? Is that sarcasm? My tone of voice is sarcastic.
1: Well, you're being, I I don't know.
0: You're being sarcastic. But what's funny is you are supposed to be monitoring students. It shouldn't be sarcastic. But I think the reason, (laughs) I think the reason you're using air quotes is because there's not a whole lot for us to do. Like unless a student has a problem, we literally are just walking in circles. I'm not
1: sitting there reading a book, guys. I am walking around. but sometimes my like brain starts to drift. <laughs> it's
0: just funny because you're like, we're monitoring students. I'm like, what are you implying? Bridget? <laughs> I'm sorry. I really hate testing.
1: All right. So we're monitoring our kids during this testing, which means that you're basically walking in circles around the room or zigzags or up and down or whatever Six. you want to do. You have a lot of downtime where you can just actually get things done. And you probably can't have a computer or phone, but I can have a computer, which is really nice. <laughs> but you you can do a lot of thinking during this time.
0: Yeah. So here's what you can do to make it better. If you were in the situation, like I always was, where I couldn't have a computer, couldn't have my phone, couldn't even have my smartwatch, all I could do was think. Like I was allowed to have my brain and that yeah. was it. I once planned an entire grad school paper in my head, which that is kind kind of impressive. impressive. (laughs) Like I had it all outlined. And that way, when I could get in front of a computer, I knew exactly what to do. So come up with a plan for what to think about. That way you're not just like, huh, That new episode of that Netflix show that I watched last night, like have something productive to think about. So Bridget, I know you mentioned like organization. What were some other things you would think about? I definitely like
1: to plan out how to reorganize my closets um, because I feel like I've just collected so much stuff over the years that I've been teaching. I'm a little bit of a hoarder. And so I like to just think about the ways that I can reorganize. I also like to think about grocery lists during this time. So if I have to go grocery shopping, I hate grocery. Going grocery shopping on the weekend. I can't do it. I cannot do it. I refuse to go grocery shopping on the weekend. Typically, I will go right after school, which is hence why I planned my grocery list during this time. Um, You can also plan out some activities for the end of the year. This is a great time to just start kind of brainstorming and thinking of some things that you can do with your kids. And then also some fun lesson ideas um, that you might have for them just as they're finishing up testing or
0: as you're getting closer to that end of the year. You mentioned not going grocery shopping on the weekend and having a very strong hate for it. Is it just because it's busy? It's so busy. I hate yeah. people. <laughs> yeah. See, Billy now goes while I podcast record on Sundays and it's glorious. <laughs> I just
1: hate it. I hate yeah. gr- I think like since like COVID, and I wasn't so bad about it, but I think ever since COVID, I just I hate it even more. I I really, like, the, I have this just horrible, like, hatred for going grocery shopping. And most people are probably going to be like, Bridget, why don't you just, like, plan it out and, like, pick it up and they deliver it to your car. Yeah. I just don't like doing that either.
0: Yeah. Well, and I was going to say, so that's good to know that they have, like, the car delivery, but you don't have a lot of, like, delivery, delivery options, like, no. where they deliver it to your house. Michelle because- knows this because
1: she tried to send things to me.
0: Yes. Because I ordered groceries for Bridget and I was very, very limited with where I could order from. (laughs) I would like type in her zip code and it was like nothing. I was like, small town life. I love it. (laughs) I know. I know. Um, Anyway, back back to actual content that people came here for. So if you are like me and you can't have a computer, all you can do is think. If you're able to have like a little notepad or a scrap of paper, sticky note, whatever, where you can kind of write down your thoughts after each lap. That way you're like only holding it in your brain for a little bit of time and then you can like get it out. If not, if you're not allowed to have like anything, anything, as soon as testing is over and like your students are doing their stretch break and going to the potty, do a brain dump and just try to get as much out that you had kind of been thinking about as possible.
1: And let's be honest, if you wanna use your downtime to just allow your brain to relax, that is okay too. Our brains never have the opportunity to just kind of be. So it's really a good thing just to kind of not think about anything at all. You can draw pictures if you are allowed to have paper out, try to just think about nothing or take this opportunity to just be mindful um, and just let your brain kind of drift wherever it wants to drift
0: yeah and if you're competitive like me (laughs) you can use this as an opportunity to get lots of steps as we already mentioned wear comfortable shoes y'all this is not the time to be trying out those new stilettos wear comfortable shoes but if you get kind of bored while you're walking i used to love to like walk certain patterns on the floor and i would like change it up every now and then do exercises as you go down the aisles or as I mentioned, do a step competition with a friend. If you can't have a smartwatch, wear a pedometer. They're like super cheap on Amazon. Literally, you can get ones for like $5. Like that's wow. how cheap they are now. Yeah. And then you just clip it on and then you have a little step competition and maybe like the loser has to buy the winner coffee on Friday or something. You know, you got to have a little something on the line there.
1: Yeah, no, that's really fun. I really like that. What's nice of my team teachers, we all have Apple watches. So that'll be That'll be a fun little competition we can do with one another. Um, So although I'm not competitive, let's just be honest, I'm not going to (laughs) win.
0: Bridget, yeah, not
1: with that attitude, you won't. (laughs) I'm just not. I am like the complete opposite. Um, So strategy number five is to plan something simple but exciting. Um, Let's just be honest you're not going to be doing your typical lessons during this time. I mean, your students are going to be exhausted. And let's just be real. So are you. By the time you're done doing all those walkings and getting all those steps so that your partner teacher can buy you coffee on Friday, you are just not going to want to to do anything else. So keep things very simple.
0: Yeah. And here's a few things you can do to make that better. I knew Bridget was going to go there. She's like, yeah, you're exhausted from that step competition. <laughs> um, first of all, having little testing treats for each day, it's just something to like look forward to. I personally would prep these in advance. I'd have the whole day in like one little bag, like a gift bag. I would, I just got plain white ones, very basic, but my students would see the bag and like all day long, they're like, wait, what's inside of there? What do we get? (laughs) And I was always excited to give it to them. And then they were excited to like see what was inside. So a couple things I did, like those little mini Oreo cookie bag things. I did like fruit roll-ups. Sometimes I do like pencils and little erasers, like just little fun treats. It doesn't have to be food. It can be little trinkety items that 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 they can get just kind of as a reward to be able to look forward to.
1: No, that's really sweet. I like that idea. I might steal that. Um, So something else that you can do is you're going to have to kind of, I think of some time fillers for testing for when it's done, but you don't want to jump into like new content right away and you want your students to be able to have a little bit of fun with this. So try to keep these very um short sweet simple to the point you don't want these to be super long some things that we like to do are like morning meeting activities just to be able to get their bodies moving and we wanted to share some of our favorites
0: first of all i think one of my new favorites is watching bridget like wiggle her body as she said that that was uh, <laughs> adorable and You're also welcome interesting okay two of my students favorites when it came to morning meeting games one was called andy's coming so this is based off of Mm -hmm. toy story one student would be quote-unquote andy and they would have like their back turned to the rest of the students and they're covering their eyes and then the rest of the students were toys and they would all be moving around but once andy someone would say like andy's coming the person who's Andy would turn around and walk around the room and try to find students who were moving because then they were, you know, not super still toys and they would ultimately be the losers and it would keep going until there was only one person left. I think Bridget wants to share something. I do She's want to
1: share something. Raising her so head. I was watching a TikTok video <laughs> oh so, yeah because you're on tiktok now we didn't talk about this oh, i just can't even with myself so listen <laughs> i was watching a tiktok video and there was this guy in the car you could tell he was in a car and it, you see all these people like in the distance and they're walking on the sidewalk like in a city basically okay. right you could tell they're dressed up but it's kind of hard to see like what they're dressed up as okay. and you hear the guy holding the phone saying Andy's coming and he's saying it with an accent so I'm assuming it's in the UK and the, the people from over there say what he goes Andy's coming all these freaking grown adults they dressed drop? up they all dropped
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is a fun game um and so students love it adults apparently love it too yeah and then another one my students loved was called Kosiki I don't really know where the name comes from, because it doesn't really make sense. But basically, one student would leave the room, okay? They were the Kosiki, and the rest of the students, one student would be picked as the leader and all the other students had to do whatever the leader would do. So I always kind of coached that the leader needs to do like different movements, whether it's like clapping your hands, patting your head, uh, touching your elbow, and they would change it up every like 10 to 15 seconds. That way they weren't doing the same movement for too long. But the students had to be kind of like inconspicuous when they look at the leader to figure out what the next movement is. The Kosiki comes back in the room and is trying to identify the leader, and they have three guesses to try to figure out who it is. That's always a really fun one.
1: Yeah, no, I really like that game too. Although I didn't call it Kosiki, I don't know what I called it. I, yeah, don't, know. I don't
0: know where that name came from. But like, I have
1: no idea. <laughs> and there's one that's pretty similar called Dart Frog to that, where there's the person who's it is like sticking their tongue out at the person at people around them, and those people basically like drop dead. It's so morbid. Oh. I don't know. The kids love it though, and so the person has to like guess. They have three guesses to figure out like who the poison dart frog is before like okay. all the other kids are 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 dead. I say that in. Quotes. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. So another game that we like to play is Hot Potato. Um, this has been a recent favorite in my classroom, mainly because I play um, the song We Don't Talk About Bruno, We don't talk about brew. No. And they all sing to it, which they're all about it. So basically, you will play a song. I just play it on my phone. And then that way I can just start and stop it. And I try not to look at them so that I don't see where the ball is going. But they just pass it. Whoever has the ball in their hand when you stop the music is out. And so the circle just continuously gets smaller and smaller and smaller. That's a fun one. Yeah. We also have a game called 21. Um, this is a nice simple game. They stand up behind their desks, and then I will pick like a random person to start in a certain spot in the classroom. And then we follow the same pattern. Like it'll go down, then it'll go up a row, then down a row, up a row, and it'll start all the way at the beginning and just kind of keep going over and over. But what the kids will do is that they have they can do up to three numbers. So, like let's say that I did one, two, Michelle would say, three, four, five, or just three, or three, four, she can pick how many, but you can only say three up to three numbers. Does that make sense? Yeah. So let's say I say one, two, and then you say three, and then I would say four, five, six, and then you would say seven, eight, nine, and then I would say 10, 11, but you would have a bigger class. So whoever says 21, you have to kind of think of it as a strategy because if I want to get you out, I want to make sure that I stop at 20 so that you will be out.
0: Gotcha. So
1: the kids will do that. And whoever says 21 is out and they have to sit down. And so you keep going until you have a winner.
0: Oh, I like that. Yeah. I like that. The kids
1: really enjoy that one. It's just, it's nice and fun. Um, the next one that we do is called Silent Ball. The kids love this one, although my kids are not silent during it. I will just be oh. totally
0: honest. When we played Silent Speed Ball, like you made a
1: heap, You're out. Yeah, no. They're not very silent and I just can't even be bothered. So they are standing up in a circle and then they have a ball and typically somebody is it. And normally I will kind of start the game. But you will throw the ball. If you are unable to catch the ball, you're automatically out. But then the leader will automatically start to say things to kind of change the game so they might say um catch with only one hand so you have to Mm -hmm. only catch it with one hand or you might say speedball and this is where they would throw it super fast um and then they would say okay catch with both hands now it's kind of like a simon says in a way that's like incorporated with this whole speedball idea that i think that you play
0: yeah because i always just called it silent speedball and Part of that was they could only hold it for up to like three seconds before they had to get rid of it. Um, And then... I would enact, like if say there were five students left and they had been playing forever, then I would say things like, all right, you you can only use, you know, your right hand or whatever it is.
1: And the kids get crazy. Like they're like hop on one foot. I'm like, how are you supposed (laughs) to do that? I can't even, but they, they enjoy it. They love it. Um, And then finally a good old fashioned go noodle is just, you can't beat it. And to watch my sixth graders do popsico is just
0: pure joy in life. (laughs) And then they had, um, the same cuckoo kangaroo. They had the like milkshake one. It was Uh like, Oh, a milkshake. My students loved that one. Yep. Uh, another couple, we're going to wrap this up soon. I promise. (laughs) But a couple other things you can do are like crafts that don't require a lot of prep. So directed drawings on YouTube Mm -hmm. are wonderful for this because all they need is paper and you just play the video and your students follow along. There's tons of like themed ones for different times of the year. I always loved, I can never remember if the title is Art Hub for Kids or Art for Kids Hub. Oh, I don't know. But it's one or the other. Anyway, it's a dad, and then he'll sometimes have like his daughter or his son. I also loved to do this like mini golf project with my students, especially my fourth graders during the year, we would learn about different angles and different shapes and things like that. So they would have to make a mini golf course and they had to incorporate like a certain number of acute acute angles and a certain number of obtuse angles and I literally just gave them like I opened up my craft cabinet and it was like go wild oh, so it was like word. popsicle sticks and toothpicks and beads and paper and like literally pretty much anything they wanted I'm like here take it it was a great way to clean out all that like extra supplies mm-hmm. at the end of the year and it was just a lot of fun like my students would like get into themes of it one time <laughs> I had a girl who made a pocket full of primary Golf
1: OMG, you're kidding so she, me.
0: No, she made my little logo with like the books and the pencils out of clay and had that like as an obstacle. She had like little sloths on it. Like it, it was pretty adorable if I do I mean, say mean, kind of so creepy. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> well, yeah, this is also the girl that um, created her own like merch shirt Where she like used fabric markers and drew my logo. That's obsessive. It it was cute. It was
1: cute. It (laughs) It is cute. Did you like give them like a certain amount of space? You're like, you can't go past this minute, this much space. Or did they make these super huge?
0: Some made them bigger than others, which is to be expected. (laughs) I did; I never had to limit them. Like it never got that crazy. But I did have students who would have to put like two desks together in order to spread it out. All
1: right, okay, yeah. Um, and some other ideas that you can do are: I really love to do the scholastic book silhouettes during this time of the year. And so this is a really simple, just kind of craft activity. Um, you take your projector, and then you have a white piece of paper. You trace their kind of outline. Um, the. What would it? What is that called? The side profile, <laughs> their profile, yeah. right? Yeah. Their silhouette. profile of their the silhouette of their face. Yeah. Um, and then the kids would cut it out, and then they would just go through all of your old Scholastic magazines that you have, kind of just compiled if you're like me. And the kids would cut out all the books that they like, and they would just kind of tape it onto their or paste it onto their silhouette, which made it look really cool. This is also a really good opportunity to like do a Mother's Day craft or like a Father's Day thing. Anything that you're going to be sending home for the end of the year. This is a great time to do it
0: yeah so let's really quick recap those five strategies that can help you deal with all of the change and routines and stress and everything that we experienced during testing number one was to be proactive and organize number two create consistency when possible number three create a new schedule Number four, utilize downtime. And number five, plan something simple but exciting. As we mentioned, our new 2022 2023 digital teacher planners are now available for this next school year. We have both the Google Slides and the tablet versions, and also the landscape versus the portrait, so you can pick and choose what works best for you. If you are listening to this episode right when it comes out, those planners are still on sale. We leave them on sale for the first two weeks, so if you are even thinking, even contemplating getting yourself one of these planners, make sure that you do it. Yep, definitely go and do it. And while you're on our website, checking out
1: our planners, which are amazing, um, be sure to head over and leave your TSH. We want to know right now, what is your time-sucking hurdle? And you can be featured right here on the podcast. Also, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you can get notified when we drop our next episode, which is on Thursday mornings. And we would also really love it if you leave a review over on iTunes. This really does help us to be able to get into the ears of so many other teachers out there. And we also just really like hearing from you guys. So until next
0: time, be timely, stay organized, and be productive. Bye-bye. See ya.